Welcome to the Be In The Room podcast, where we celebrate women of action who rebel against the status quo and create their own version of success. I am your host, Ryan Dowdy, and let me tell you, I have been told countless times that I am too much, too loud, too opinionated, and was constantly encouraged to stay small to fit in. On this podcast, we celebrate living out loud, the art of reinvention, and being unapologetic in your quest for joy and happiness. Let's dive in. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Be In The Room podcast, where today we are going to talk about going from doer to leader and what that looks like. So whether you are an entrepreneur, uh, meaning you are a business owner, maybe you're a solopreneur, you're getting ready to hire a team to bring people into your organization to help you, or maybe you are in the corporate world and you've just been promoted into um, a leadership role or just got a new role in a new organization where you are now leading people. And this is such an important shift we make on our journey to becoming fearless leaders is going from the person who is doing all of the things to the person who is leading the things. And this is something that I know when I made climb the corporate ladder in my personal experience and, and got to this leadership role the first time I was leading a team of people that I had management responsibilities, I felt very out of my element. I felt very unprepared. And uh, honestly, I think the first time I was a leader, I did not do an excellent job. And I want to make sure that the women who listen to this podcast don't have that same problem. But what it did do is teach me a lot and give me a lot of experience as to how I could lead better inside of my organizations um, as a leader, as a CEO, as someone who has built several organizations at this point in the game. So first, first and foremost, there's there's two different approaches to leadership. So again, if you are the person who actually gets to hire the people, you get to choose the people who are on your team. That's one version, right? Or in some instances, you are stepping into an already developed team. So uh, meaning that that team already exists. You're either hired in as the manager or the leader, promoted into leadership, whatever that looks like for you. But the first thing that you want to do is get to know your people, spend time with your people. There's a Zig Ziglar quote, and I'm going to butcher it a little bit, um, where he talks about you can help anybody. Um, the more people you help get what they want in life, the more you'll get, right? The more people you help get what they want, the more that you will get what you want. This is one of the biggest opportunities that we have to change the face of leadership is actually get to know our people. Because the traditional corporate environment, at least the one that I was raised in, and a lot of the members of Be In The Room and the women that I talked to were raised in, is this idea of leadership being this authoritative thing. Leadership being this hard-nosed, very rigid, very demanding role. But actually leadership is really a service opportunity. And what's exciting is we already know that you're good at service because you were good at doing your job, right? You were promoted or um, grew into this role because you were good at serving others, right? That's how you got into this position. So the good news is that now you get to serve the team that you're leading. So the first thing that we want to do is we want to get to know our people and figure out how do they need and want to be served. This is important because not everyone needs and wants to be led or served in the same way. I'm going to give you a specific example. So the first time I was promoted into, not the first time, but I was promoted into a leadership role and I was running a sales team and I am very money motivated, right? For me, if you want to motivate me, dangle a carrot, throw some cash at me and I'm going to chase it, right? So I was running a contest for my team, an activity contest. And I think the prize was like $500 cash, right? I was like, okay, $500 cash. And that was great, right? But Nobody really seemed interested. My team wasn't overly enthused. Nobody really was trying hard to win the money. So the next time I did a contest, 
I actually, I think I threw in, it was like a Garmin watch at the time and something else, right? So something more material and people loved that. They were so excited to win that thing. And it was like my light bulb moment where I was like, oh my goodness, not everybody is motivated the way that I am motivated. Not everybody wants to be led or managed the way that I, that I do. And so the first thing that we have to do to go from doer to leader is to figure out how our people are motivated right? How do they want to be led? Some people really like very clear instruction. They like step-by-step, do this, do this, do this. Some people are like, tell me what result you want me to get and let me get there on my own, right? So you need to learn how do your people need to be led. Um, And that is just literally by sitting down and asking them, right? So many people are like, well, how do I do that? Just ask, right? You're running an organization, right? You have adults (laughs) that are working for you. We just ask them, what do you want? What do you need? What's important to you? And really having that conversation. And it's really an awesome opportunity to do this at the very beginning if you stepping into this role. Um, if you didn't do this in the beginning and you're listening to this now, I mean, you can absolutely backtrack and spend some time with your people and say, okay, what's important to you? Like what management style, what leadership style, what motivates you? How can I help you when you're feeling frustrated? How can I help you when you're feeling challenged? How can I celebrate you when you win? Because when you know those things, right, when you know those things, you're going to be a much better leader and your people are going to perform better right? Your people are going to perform better when you're motivating them, leading them, helping them, guiding them, coaching them, you know, the way that they want to be helped, guided, and coached, not the way that you want to help, guide, and coach, right? So that's that's kind of our first step of going from, from doer to leader, right? The second thing from there is setting very clear expectations. One of the women in Be In The Room, her name is Chessa Nyberg, um, she said we were in a session one time and she made the comment that clear is kind, clear is kind. And I love that, right? Clear expectations of the job, clear expectations of hours worked, cleared expectations of reporting, clear expectations of performance, clear expectations of how they're going to be evaluated is extremely important in leadership, right? Especially because, and this is actually an opportunity to protect you as a leader, because when the expectations are clear and those expectations aren't being met, you now can go back and say, hey, I was very clear that this was how this was expected to be done. It wasn't done that way, can we talk about it, right? But if you don't set clear expectations and somebody isn't doing the things the way that you want them to do them or the way that you would have done them or, you know, what was important to you, right? Then you are, uh, you're not setting those clear expectations and then you really can't manage performance. So not only clear expectations are kind for the member of your team who is doing the work, clear expectations make your job easier because you can see, is this person performing? Are they meeting the expectations? Are they fitting in as part of this organization, right? So the clearer we are in those expectations, the the better leader that we can be uh, when things aren't being met. And again, the better leader we can be when people, somebody's knocking it out of the park, it's very, very clear. So we have to set those expectations. And this goes literally from anything from like working hours to reporting all the way up to like actually doing your job, right? So all of those things. And these are things that you're like, gosh, Ryan, this seems all very common sense. But somebody who's worked for a handful of my organizations organizations in my career and been inside of a lot of organizations as like a a trainer, a leader, and a coach. Not everybody does this. And it's not because it's not because people don't care. It's not because they're not good. It's not because they don't have the skill set to do it, right? It is because as a high achiever, as a high performer, you don't really typically tend to need a lot of support, a lot of this, right? So some of what we're talking here today, like you're just a doer, you're just going to get it done. You're a badass. You don't need your handheld. You don't need somebody to cheerlead for you. You don't need a pat on the head. You don't need a lot of external validation, which is amazing, right? But what you want to do is you want to grow a team of people 
who don't need that either, but the only way that you can grow them into that is figure out what do they need now and how can we grow them into that, right? So it's not that anybody is, I think, intentionally being a bad leader or not leading their team or not setting expectations or they're trying to be mean or they're trying to be lazy or, you know, it's just a matter of when you're not, when you don't need those things to perform well, oftentimes you don't see how other people need those things to perform well, right? Um, so that's why I think so many very successful people struggle in that step from doer to leader because you don't need a lot of those other things that your team is going to need to be successful, right? You're going to manage a lot of different types of people, a lot of different personality types, people coming from all different walks of life and experiences, and maybe they've been led and managed in different ways, right? So this is an opportunity for us as leaders to grow, right? Like this is such a cool opportunity. Leadership is such a cool opportunity for personal growth, right? Because you have to face all of your stuff. You have to figure out like, oh gosh, okay, this, I like this. I don't like this. Oh gosh, I can see why this keeps coming up, right? It's everything in life is a mirror, right? We, we know that through the inner work that we do, that everything in life is a mirror. So if we're not getting what we want out of our team, oftentimes it's an opportunity to look internally, right? But like I said, some of this eludes us, not because we don't care, but because it's just not something that we need to grow and to be successful, right? So you want to set clear expectations because remember, clear is kind. So somebody recently said this, and I think it's really important, and you should probably write this down. If you're driving, don't. But if you aren't, <laughs> write it down. We manage tasks and we lead people. I'm going to say that for you again. We manage tasks and we lead people. Your job is to lead your people and to manage the tasks, right? I think corporate America has gotten this all wrong, which is what I think is really, really exciting. You know, that as business owners, as we step into leadership, we get to change this, right? But like management was like, manage the people, micromanage, right? I've, I've worked in sales my entire career. I've been micromanaged, uh, you know, six ways from Sunday uh, on how to do things and, and, you know, what did you do and those types of things. And I'm not saying that we do not manage activity right? Especially in a small organization, we have to manage activity because most people are wearing a lot of different hats, doing a lot of different things. Um, and that's fantastic, right? But uh, we want to make sure that um, that we are managing the tasks and leading the people. So we don't want to manage the people. It's not what did you do today? It's what tasks got done today? Did they get done well? And then again, it's those expectations that we set early on of is that satisfactory or not, right? And if it is not, how do we improve, right? So we manage tasks, we lead people because every person that we lead is different. Their desires are different. The way they're motivated is different. The way that they get things done is different, right? I'm a big fan. I literally learned this um, when I was coaching girls volleyball. So I was a college athlete, played volleyball most of my life, had a really cool opportunity to start coaching in my early 20s. And when you do that, you have to sit in on like this training um, on how to coach. And they taught us uh, the compliment sandwich, the compliment sandwich. So what that meant is when we were giving feedback to an athlete, it was like, hey, I really love that effort. Here's this opportunity for improvement. And I know you're going to kill it next time right? So compliment sandwich. This is what I really liked about what you did. Here is an opportunity for improvement. And here's this other amazing thing that I know you're going to go out into the world and do. So when I give feedback on my team, I really try to use that compliment sandwich, right? Because I really want to give more positive praise than I actually do want to give critical feedback, right? So for me, it's really using when we're giving feedback to people, it's using that compliment sandwich. It's really telling them, hey, these are the things that you are doing well, and here are the opportunities to improve. And when we do that this way, people are going to be more receptive to that feedback. We have all worked for or watched or witnessed or been part of that organization where the leader was an asshole, right? There was never any praise. There was never any, this is, you know, this is this and this is that, right? Like it was always just, right? Like 
do it, do it my way. You suck. You didn't do this right. Like we've all been part of that organization. And I know that you don't want to be that type of leader. And I know that because you're listening to this, right? I know that because you're here right now. I know that because you're part of this community, you want to change the face of leadership, that authoritative dictator style of leadership where my way or the highway, it's outdated, it's old, and it's up to us to change that inside of organizations, right? That's really a lot of what we do here at Be In The Room is we connect and inspire smart women so that we can have these types of conversations so that we can change the way that business is done so that we can change the face of leadership so that we can all be happier, healthier humans who either go to work every day or lead businesses every day in a way, in an environment that we want to work in. Right? So for me, I always try to be very kind in the feedback that I give, even when it is critical feedback. So remember, clear is kind. Don't dance around it. Don't avoid it. Don't pretend there's not a problem. That's not what I'm proposing here, right? I'm just telling you that when you give that compliment sandwich, when you can be very clear and kind in your, hey, this is an opportunity for improvement, you're going to have your people are going to respond so much better. And again, this is kind of one of those, I don't want to hold people's hands. Like, that's not my job. That's not how I got into business. Da, 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 da. Well, I'm sorry, my friend, like humans, right? We're humans. We are humans and our most basic human needs are to feel seen, heard, and understood. So our jobs as leaders is to help our people be seen, heard, and understood. And if being seen, heard, and understood means I need you to deliver feedback critically, then that's what we have to do as leaders to get the best out of our people, right? And then the final thing that I kind of leave you with is being really open and honest. So we, we recently had a conversation and be in the room. Um, I believe I actually recorded an entire podcast about it, right? About like what what is leadership? What is good leadership? Who's the best leader you've ever had, etc. Um, and really being open and honest with your people is important. Transparency is important. I used to say that my career love language was a seat at the table, right? I wanted to know what was going on. I wanted behind the scenes. I wanted to be, you know, I, I wanted to know what was happening in the world, right? All of the time, but I've learned that most people do, right? When you are open and honest about what's going on in the organization, why you need what you do, if you're changing an initiative or changing direction or being asked to do more for some reason, when you're clear and honest and open about this is what's going on and this is why I need this from you, again, people are going to be so much more likely to show up and perform than if you're just like, do the thing I told you to do. Sorry, I can't tell you what's going on. Or you really like cloak and dagger around it. I worked for an organization that was like this. They used to have like these closed door board meetings all the time. And we weren't a large company, right? Like we were all in an office where maybe, I don't know, maybe 15 or 20 of us in an office, right? So it was not huge, but they used to have these like closed door board meetings and they'd like go into the, the conference room and they close all the blinds and, you know, they turn on background music so you couldn't hear because you could hear through the, you know, the doors or the walls and stuff. And they'd have these very cloak and dagger meetings. And then the leader of the organization would come out of those meetings and we would have all these initiatives and all these things and all these criticisms and all this other stuff, but nobody ever really explained why. There was no transparency in it. There was no honesty in it, which means there was no buy-in from the team to actually do the things that they wanted us to do, right? There was no buy-in from everybody else. Like, hey, I want to show up and work for these guys. I want to show up and do these things because we didn't know why. And actually it was very clear to us that our opinion wasn't welcome. At least that's how I felt. Right. And mind you, I'm a leader in this organization, right? I'm not a doer in this. I am a leader in this organization. And I'm like, I don't want to show up and go above and beyond for you in any way. And I'm not saying that as leaders, we shouldn't have closed door private conversations that our people aren't privy to. But I do think that it's important that once we have those closed door conversations that we then communicate openly and as honestly as we can with our people, right? So that they feel safe, right? One of the things that I've heard the word psychological safety, right? Psychological safety and security is so important to so many people. And again, if you're an entrepreneur listening to this right now, safety and security is not what motivates you, right? Like that's not who you are as a person. But most other humans, 
safety and security is extremely important to them. And so when people begin to feel unsafe, when people don't feel secure in their organization, um, in their role, that's when they start to get disgruntled, right? That's when they start to look for other jobs. That's when they start to check out. That's when they start to leave, right? So it's really important for us to be as open and honest as we can. Again, I'm not saying that you need to, uh, you're still the leader here, right? I don't want you like sobbing in, you know, one of your team members' offices, virtual office, right? Telling them what is wrong with the world, right? That's why there's coaches and consultants that exist. But really being as open and honest, as transparent as you can is going to get so much more loyalty from your people than if you're just barking orders, hey, we're changing this, we're changing this, we're changing this. And the people are like, shit, I just spent all this time working on this thing and you just told me we're going in this direction, right? Um, I'm gonna give you another example. So Valerie on my team. So if you remember being in the room or part of our community, you know, Valerie, she's our program director. She's brilliant. And she's very, she's the operations brain, right? We always say that she's the operations to my visionary. I've got ideas for days. And Valerie's the one that's like, if you really want to pull this off, this is what it's going to take. And one time I don't remember the specific circumstances, but I was changing something because I'm always changing something because I'm a visionary and it's just what I do. Right. And Valerie had just worked really hard on this thing to make it this one way. And I was like, I'm going to need it this way. Right. But what I did when I was talking to Valerie is I was like, I'm really sorry. I know that shit like this drives you crazy. I don't mean to do this. I know you worked really hard on this, but you're, I really do need you to make this change. And she came to me later and she said, just the fact that you recognized and acknowledged how this was going to make me feel, how this was going to affect me, um, really like meant all the things in the world. Uh, you know, that really meant a lot to me. And so again, that was another light bulb moment in my leadership career you know, all you need to do is communicate, be open and honest. Like, hey, I know you busted your ass to get this where it is right now. I'm going to need you to do this. I really appreciate your hard work and flexibility in this. Like four seconds to deliver that kind of feedback to somebody, but how that makes that person feel in, in the instance of a Valerie made her feel a value, right? It made her feel seen, heard, and understood. And she wanted to do the thing or she was more okay with doing the thing because she felt validated in that, not just like F you and all your hard work, start over, do it again with no really honesty or transparency around that, right? So we packed a lot in here today. This is probably one of our more tactical podcasts here on Be In The Room. Um, but this is something that I think is really, really important because as we start to see, you know, at the time of this recording, Be In The Room is about six months old. We're really starting to refine who we're serving and we're finding that we're serving this audience of women who are this next generation of leaders, right? Emerging leaders, maybe in your first leadership role, uh, you know, maybe just growing an organization to the point where, like I said, you're not the solopreneur anymore. Now you're a leader or maybe in, in the corporate world, you're starting to climb the ladder and getting more and more leadership responsibility. Maybe you're moving from manager to leader and we're seeing more and more of that. So those are the conversations we're having inside of the community. And so I always like to mirror our conversations here on the podcast that go along really well with uh, what we're hearing inside of our community as well. Because again, if our community is having these challenges and having these conversations, that means that you likely are having these challenges and need to be having these conversations as well. So we'd love to hear from you. What's your feedback? What's the best piece of advice? What's the best thing that you have done to go from doer leaders. So we would love to hear from you and we'll see you all next week. Thanks again for listening to the Be In The Room podcast. We love spending time with you every single week. If you loved this podcast, we would absolutely appreciate if you would go to iTunes and leave us a review and share this with another woman of action who wants to rebel against the status quo and become the best version of herself. See you next week.